This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. 7.48 a.m. You are listening to The Morning Run with Shazana and Xiaoning. Now today marks World Wildlife Day, dedicated to raise awareness on the importance of conserving the biodiversity of our flora and fauna. In his budget 2023 speech, Prime Minister Datuk Sri Anwar Ibrahim acknowledged the vital need to balance the relationship between humans and nature and pledged to protect the country's natural treasures. He announced several specific allocations towards this end, including increasing the ecological fiscal transfer for biodiversity conservation allocation to state governments from 70 million to 150 million ringgit, 38 million ringgit for the protection of wildlife and their habitats, another 50 million ringgit to increase the number of forest rangers to 1,500 personnel, with priority given to the Orang Asli and security veterans. How far do these provisions go towards sustaining Malaysia's environmental biodiversity and what other policy recommendations should be considered moving forward? For some thoughts on this, we speak to Dr. Dr. Lim Tekwin, Adjunct Professor of Ecology at the University of Nottingham, Malaysia. Tekwin, good morning. Thanks very much for joining us. Before we dive into the individual allocations, I'd like to know what were your overall impressions of the Budget 2023 speech? Do you think the Prime Minister struck the right tone in terms of balancing economic development with environmental sustainability? Morning, Shatsana. So, yeah, the trajectory is good. They've increased uh, some uh, budget lines for the environment, which is, of course, encouraging. However, I would say that if you're going to assess the environmental sustainability of the budget as a whole, you also have to look at areas where they have subsidies that are having a negative impact on the environment. For example, the blanket petrol subsidy means that we're encouraged to consume fossil fuels. And we've also got other budget lines and huge budget lines in terms of billions of ringgit for for things such as drainage and irrigation, which often involves cutting down trees next to uh, rivers, which I, I, I think is questionable in terms of its impact on uh, effectiveness in reducing floods, and it can be really bad for wildlife. Okay, but the government is double, doubled the funding of this Ecological Fiscal Transfer, or EFT, for forest preservation to 150 million ringgit. Are, are you happy with this amount? Is it a significant increase? Yeah, it is a significant increase. And so this EFT line uh, first came about in 2019 with 60 million. And then there was a new budget for uh, 2021 of 70 million. And so this is a really, it is quite a significant increase. Yes. Can you help us understand how this works? I mean, and what states perhaps use it? What's the yeah. take up? Yeah, so it's an allocation that so far is has been given to all of the states, ranging from about 500,000 for small states such as Malacca, up to more than 13 million for states such as Sabah and Sarawak. And the idea is that it's an incentive to the states to carry out conservation activities. Now, I would say that it's it's a bit of a missed opportunity in the sense that it could be used in a much more, um, it to tie the states down to specific conservation objectives, such as increasing the area of forests. But so far, it has not been used along those lines. So um, I guess how transparent is this information, Tekwin? Is this something that um, we're able to look up publicly in terms of how states are using this and, and how and where the money is going to? 
Yeah, so it's it's good we have uh, Parliament in that the questions were asked mm. um, by, I, I think it was uh, YB Nurul Iza, and so she got the response from the minister on in terms of how much each state received. Now, as I said earlier, the money is going for conservation, but perhaps far more effective would be a scheme where the states were con compensated for conserving forests, but that would require a lot more money. For example, Kada alone has asked for a hundred million annually in terms of a compensation for not logging its forests. Mm -hmm. Does that sound like a fair price tag to you, Tequid? Oh yeah, well, if, if, especially in, in places such as the Klang Valley, if you have a, a, an example of a forest in Bukit Traka, which is around uh, 300 acres, and the state government was talking about a, a development value of over a billion ringgit that they wanted compensation for. Then if you scale that up for Malaysia as a whole, we have over 3 million acres of um, of land that is presently under forest, but is not protected, mm. then we will need a lot more money. Yeah, but Tegwin, as we know, we sadly don't have enough money in this country, right? Uh, the fiscal deficit is real. So could there be any other policy suggestions that can be considered to incentivize or penalise state governments into preserving forest land then? Yeah, well, there are um, several uh, methods that the state could use, that the federal government mm. could use. For example, they could write off some of the debt that the state has to the federal government. And they could use, they could tie uh, other incentives that are existing, uh, like budget allocations, like the, there's a huge amount going to the states in terms of infrastructure that could be tied to environmental objectives as well. Mm. And we did see that 38 million ringgit was allocated for the conservation of wildlife. The Prime Minister cited the specific example of tigers and elephants. Um, how far can this amount of funding go? What do you think it should be used for to actually achieve the purpose of protecting wildlife? Well, if they used money for uh, federal programs that are looking into wildlife corridors, such as the Central Forest Spine in Peninsula Malaysia and other such programs in Sabah's uh that are planning landscape initiatives, like spatial plans that incorporate environmental provisions, that would all be very useful. Mm. I would also like to see money going into revamping the EFT scheme to come up with a, a, a compensation mechanism along the lines we were talking about earlier. Okay, Tegwin, this government seems to be keen on transparency, at least a little bit more keen. Um, now, we do know environmental impact assessment reports are available, but the underlying reports aren't, such as soil tests and investigations. Would you like that all to be revealed? Yeah, so I'm delighted that the Minister for Environment, Nick Nazmi, has been pledging increased transparency. And just uh, I think yesterday he came out saying that they're going to revamp the way in which environmental impact assessment consultants are chosen. So all of these things, including uh, revealing, uh, putting all of the EIA reports online would be a tremendous uh, step forward. Unfortunately, not all of that is under federal control. In some states, such as Sabah and Sarawak, uh, the EIAs are still um, secret documents. 
And um, let's end on this note then, Tekwin. It is World Wildlife Day. The theme is Partnerships for Wildlife Conservation. Um, what kind of partnerships between government, businesses and civil society have proven effective in advancing environmental sustainability beyond just the CSR tokenism? I know tree planting is very popular, but is that the most effective type of projects to be undertaking? No, there was a tremendously successful program called the VET OA Ranger Program, and that involves the government working with Orang Asli, working with the wildlife uh, NGOs. And so I was um, encouraged that the government has pledged to increase that to 1,500 participants, and they've allocated 50 million ringgit in the budget for that. Uh, yeah, that's uh, going to have a real impact in reducing poaching, and therefore at the uh, Encouraging the trend, which not uh, many people have been talking about, that during the pandemic, certain populations of wildlife in Malaysia have been increasing. And what about businesses? How can they be encouraged to actually participate more in preserving our wildlife and having greater consideration for the environment? Like, and, and it's just more than just talk. Yeah, well, it's about what businesses are not doing and the certain things that businesses should be doing. And in terms of what they uh, should not be doing is um, participating in destructive activities. And I could <laughs> go on with a, a long uh, list, but I, I think that uh, one encouraging, another encouraging thing is the fact that Bank Nagara is start, starting to come in with its own list of things which it will not fund. Tekwin, thank you as always for the chat. That was Dr. Lin Tekwin, adjunct professor of ecology from the University of Nottingham, Malaysia, talking to us about his reactions to Budget 2023, uh, what's good about it, uh, what are some of the gaps, and really what uh, we can be doing moving forward to ensure that uh, we still do have our forest cover and we still do have wildlife um, for decades to come. Yeah, I think his last point about Bank Negara is, is, is a valid one, right? So they've come up with their own... Uh, report and they, they want to have an orderly and tra just transition to our own national goals of net zero by 2050. And the financial system is really very important to that because you need a whole of bank approach. So they've laid some guidelines for banks in terms of creating a greener financial system. So yeah, money always talks, unfortunately. It does, it does. And I also like the point that uh, you and him made shouting on transparency and just really the need to have data out there, to have information out there so that all parties are kept aware of the same information and can hence make policy decisions uh, on an informed basis. Now, if you're interested in more perspectives on Budget 2023 and environmental sustainability, do look up the recent Earth Matters podcast where Juliet Jacobs spoke to Minakshi Raman of Sabat Alam Malaysia. You can also check out the latest People, Planet, Profit conversation that I had with Dr. Gary Tessera of Climate Governance Malaysia. Okay, so now we have the rules, we have the money, the next thing is the enforcement. So, what are we going to do to those businesses, individuals that don't follow those the rules? state governments. Yeah, that, you know, ignore EIA reports that bill illegally. Is the book going to be thrown against them? Right. And that really, I think that's the last bit of the, the pie that we have. All right. We're coming up to the 8 a.m. news bulletin. And then after that, Keith Kam is going to be speaking to Vebhav Manrao, Managing Director for Bata Malaysia on The Breakfast Grill. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.